Welcome to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Our mission is to bring you discussions on a wide array of topics in the coaching world to grow players on and off the court. You can connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and also reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Coach Mike Hernandez. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you guys so much for joining us here for another episode, wherever in the world you're listening to us from, whatever platform you're listening to us on. As always, thank you so much for the support. Thank you so much for sharing this show and for the kind, positive messages that you guys have left. They all mean very, very much to me. I really, really appreciate those. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about coaching freshmen. I know a lot of you listening are varsity coaches But even if you are a varsity coach, you have a freshman program, and I wanted to dedicate an episode specifically talking about the freshman program because there's a lot, while similar to coaching, you know, JV and varsity, there are some unique situations and challenges that come with teaching and coaching and working with ninth graders, those 14 and 15 year olds. So we're going to kind of get into that today and talk about some of the uh, interesting nuances that come with coaching a freshman team and how you coach them kind of individually, how you coach them within the frame of the whole entire program and and get an interesting conversation going. So if you're a varsity coach, uh, this would be a really interesting episode to kind of reflect on, you know, your freshman program and maybe some things you see that are similar, maybe different. Um, And then those of you who might be interested in coaching, uh, maybe you will end up coaching at the freshman level and, and this episode might be really beneficial to you. So I know that everybody will get something out of this. So I'm really excited to get into it. Uh, My guest to discuss this topic is a uh, freshman basketball coach, among other titles that he has as well. Uh, My guest today is the ninth grade basketball coach at Plainview, Elgin, Millville Millville High School, Coach Michael Dinghus. Coach, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, this is a real interesting, unique perspective here, coaching at at the freshman level. There's kind of nothing like that. I I speak as one who uh, coached at that level myself, so I kind of know how how the game sort of goes. So, Coach, uh, let's go ahead and get started with your journey, uh, your basketball journey, your coaching journey. Uh, Where did that take you, and what were the twists and turns that got you uh, to where you are right now? Well, I started coaching my junior year of high school with a buddy of mine, uh, we coached sixth grade boys and we just leave practice from um, wherever we were and then head right to sixth grade practice, which that was a lot of fun. And then I took a few years off, was in college and I got a text from who's now one of my mentors saying he put my name in to be the eighth grade coach. Um, and I got a Facebook message a week before the season from the varsity coach, uh, Jason Herber. And he asked me if I wanted to do it. And I was pushed by some friends of mine telling me to do it. So I decided to do eighth grade, did that for two years. Um, Last year, a week into the season, I moved up to ninth grade because the JV coach resigned. So then I took over for ninth grade. And I also this summer coached AAU uh, some JV girls and uh, JV and varsity boys as well for PEM. So you have kind of had uh, everything. It almost seems like you've kind of been in, in all, all different facets of the game. And uh, I wanted to actually touch on the fact that one of the things I, I knew going into this was that in addition to coaching ninth grade, you also coach uh, AAU as well. And um, I'm really curious about that experience. Uh, since you have experience coaching both, what is similar in your approach with how you coach and teach and work with your freshmen and, and your AAU players? And then also in, in what ways have you had to sort of like change up your coaching style or, or differ the way that you uh, go about coaching both of those groups? Yeah, well, for AAU, uh, I was never a fan of it. Just, you know, going to games or watching highlight clips you would never see a fast break where you could do like throw a ball off the backboard and dunk it like everyone hustles back in school ball and I was never a fan of that but the AAU team I coached for was actually ran by the varsity coach who I coached for and I knew it was ran the right way 
the team played the right way. So when he asked me to coach last year, I was all for it. And uh, similarities, I guess it's um, – I'm this year I'm transitioning into more of player development for ninth grade, and that's what I do for AAU. I really I, – I, text, I texted all the coaches of the guys from different teams that I have and asked them what I could do to help them improve this summer to get them prepared for the winter because if they're playing for me, I don't want them to play or I don't want them to do what I say to do sure. um, from a from an off-season standpoint. Like, I want to help them. I'm not here to just win tournaments and look <laughs> like a winning coach. Like, I really want them to improve. So that was actually a lot of fun to talk to their coaches and see what their kids needed to improve on. And so, yeah, the player development part it was is going to be huge um, for ninth grade as well. So that'll be similar. But the difference is, is you can't really prepare for an AAU team because you have no idea who you're going to play. Um, compared to ninth grade, you play conference teams or sections, section teams, and you have a pretty good idea of what they're going to run for offense and defense. Mm -hmm. um, so for AAU, we really just kind of practice what we're good at, and we we touch, touch on our defense. Um, for AAU, I run a trapping 2-3. It looks a lot like a man, sure. but um, I'm not a fan of zone, but that zone defense that Coach Herber created is very, very fun if they're running it properly and hustling and getting after the ball. And uh, so that's just how I approach AAU is just really um, player development and just hammering home what we're good at and improving at that aspect. For ninth grade, um, if we're playing a team that runs a one-two-two zone, um, I'll have them uh, the day before or the week before, whatever it may be, depending on how long of a break we have. We'll we'll work on a zone offense and practice that, and we'll do a lot of game preparation for ninth grade, depending on who we're playing. Um, I like to hammer home what. Like, I like to have teams defend us. I want to be really be great at what we're good at and what we run. Mm. But uh, for AAU, yeah, there's a lot of differences um, from that aspect. And kind of like going along with that, I know that you mentioned like a big emphasis uh, for you is on the aspect of, of, of player development and, and getting players developed and, and building up their skill sets. And so... Uh, that, that maybe leads into uh, the answer you're going to give for this next question. But as somebody who um, coaches freshmen, how do you define success? What does success sort of look like to you for, for your freshman team? What, what does that definition look like for you? Uh, I would say them being prepared for JV and varsity because um, our JV and varsity practices together um, – and their practices are really intense. And I want them to be as ready as possible for that. Now it's, it's gonna be different for ninth grade because we're really implementing the program. Um, mm, you know, yeah. teaching them our offense, teaching them our two defenses, our press breaks. So it's a lot more slowed down from that aspect. But if they know the program, like our X's and O's, our offense, our defense, when they get to that first week of practice, I feel as if I succeeded from that um, standpoint. But a couple more things that they, I really want them to be ready for is knowing their roles. Um, I think role players are very huge at all levels, seven through 12 especially. Um, but ninth grade is really where they need to learn um, how to play the game to how it suits them. Because in ninth grade, they're still at that age where they think they can score whenever and they can kind of do it themselves. And I don't, I don't agree with that. And sometimes that's a tough conversation to have with them, but it's important to have, and it will prepare them for when they get up there and JV and maybe they're not playing as much as they'd like at the beginning, but if they know their role and they can succeed at their role, they'll find themselves getting put in, um, in important situations and 
getting more minutes nearing the middle and the end of the year compared to the beginning. Um, yeah. Which and, is, yeah. And so uh, just, just kind of like going along with that, just, just curious in terms of um, 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 your program and the experiences that, that you've had, the transition that uh, the players have to make as they're kind of going from uh, middle school to freshman year, have you found in your experience coaching um the ninth graders that is, is that a is that a difficult transition just is there any sort of like maturity issues or any things that that you really have to kind of work through as they kind of even make that leap from you know seventh and eighth grade to to ninth grade or or has that been pretty smooth um well so last year's team that I took over for I had them the year before right, so yeah. I knew what I was getting myself into with that group mm -hmm. um this off season there was some challenges because that was their first look at how JV kind of works. Um, we had a couple tournaments where some of we had enough guys for varsity. So some of those guys that were playing varsity went down to JV and it was tough for a couple of them to adjust to the role. But when they did, you, their improvements were, was incredible from the beginning of the season to the end. And it really showed in our last tournament um, how much they – if they're willing to buy in and they're willing to listen, it really shows on the court um, the improvements they can make. Yeah, you kind of have to, especially, you know, in, in that in that freshman year, or even if they're going to make that leap from freshman to JV, like they really have to kind of buy in and really get dialed in in order to make that leap. Because as you mentioned, the way that the practices are even structured, you, you mentioned – um, up, up at the JV and varsity level, I think you mentioned that they're they're pretty intense, so they're like another level of intensity. So they got to be ready to like make that transition. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And the speed's completely different every year um, from nine to JV to varsity, and uh, they notice that this summer just how the game changes. Um, and when they're playing AAU as well, how the game is played for. Um, AAU is just so much different than school basketball where mm. you're going to score a lot more on AAU because defense is just a little lazier and it's not as disciplined. And then when you get to um, school basketball and they're with their head coaches and the um, guys that really know the program, you're going to start noticing their, uh, their pressure defense is a lot more um, tough to get by. Their um, help defense is a lot better. Um, you're not going to see the open um, driving lanes that some could have in AAU. And yep. it, it was an adjustment for them to make, but they did eventually. And, and going along with that uh, adjustment, um, we talked a little bit about that, you know, the, the intensity and everything from, from going from freshman year uh, up to JV and, and then going up to varsity in terms of the uh, X's and O's aspect of things that you run how much of what you do as a freshman coach is directly meant to get them ready for the system that they're going to be in for JV and varsity? Is it a direct uh, pipeline there that they're going to? Do you lay the, does the, is the foundation laid freshman year and then it kind of builds up from that? Or what, what does that sort of look like in an X's and O's way? Well, so last year when I took over, they, it was, when I had that group um, in eighth grade, it was, really hammering home what they're going to be running in ninth grade JV and varsity because nine through 12 um, runs the same offense, the same defenses. Sometimes a press break will look different, but um, for the most part, our varsity coach really wants them running what we, what he runs because that's what they're going to uh, be doing as they get older. And uh, so when they were in eighth grade, I really, worked on our offense that was the first step getting them teaching them the five out motion um kind of started with the passing and cutting aspect you know when how to uh when to back door when to curl when to um do all those random cuts that you can do in that and teaching them how to um time it and then halfway through the year we started working on the screening away but uh when you get to that halfway point of the season, it feels like there's three games and one practice a week, and it's really tough to hammer that home. And yeah. so last year when I found out I was taking over, 
I kind of steered away from the passing and cutting. We worked on it a little bit here and there, but I worked on more of the pass and screen away and what to do uh, um, if you get screened for or if you're going to um, screen away and you notice the guy is opening up his jersey, you sprint down and cut um, and all that. And they, they started getting it. Um, we started off the year 0-4, and, and then we ended up finishing the year 6-9. and 9, But COVID really bit a, or screwed us up last year. We had two outbreaks and yeah. our first one that we had a um everyone was quarantined except for me because I didn't play <laughs> and then the second game or the second outbreak we were missing I think seven of our 11 guys so I had to bring up a couple eighth graders and we had to bring down a 10th grader and it was a mess <laughs> at the end of the year but it worked out really well yeah, absolutely. I mean, you gotta you gotta do the best you can. I think everybody was kind of in that position last year, of just yeah. trying to trying to survive for sure. And and, and so, it, it's really interesting then as a freshman coach. And I think sometimes uh, the higher levels you coach, and if you've coached, you know, a varsity level uh, for for a long time, sometimes you forget. Like for you as a freshman coach, you you have to be very patient in terms of, yes. uh, of, of the way things are executed and, and mistakes and, and trying to understand, you know, okay, these mistakes are going to happen because they're only, you know, at eighth grade and then they come up to ninth grade, there's going to be a lot of uh, trials and a lot of error that, that is going to take place there. So this, this just came to my head now about for you personally, how do you sort of like keep yourself like on track and keep yourself focused and not let yourself like completely, uh, you know, fall apart for lack of a better term when, when you see all the, the mistakes and all the growing pains that your team is going through. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I have to be more patient still. I I'm very passionate and uh, mm -hmm. sometimes that gets the best of me. <laughs> um, I think my best piece of coaching was when we had all those um, outbreaks and nearing that the last two weeks, I really just, was patient with them and you know setting them up trying to set them up to win but if they didn't I I kept my head level and all that and I need I need to be like that more mm. and this year especially I really started to like realize you know nobody's gonna know nobody's gonna remember their freshman year record um when they graduate <laughs> nobody's gonna look back and say well they went six and nine their freshman year because um, the only thing people remember is if you're holding up a section title or a state title even. Um, so I'm reminding myself about that. And, you know, I really want to make sure they're prepared. So there's going to, with every year, um, there's going to be growing pains. You know, one group could be very good at the offensive aspect, but the defensive aspect, maybe they're poor at help defense. So we'll hammer that home and I'll know that there's going to be some difficulties with that and just slowly but surely um, building up until the end of the year where hopefully we're at the point where they could compete in against the JV team maybe or at least you know we're winning a majority of our games um, also watching film uh, it was really nice with well not nice but COVID <laughs> we were able to have our game streamed so I was able to go back and watch every game when we were done and in the heat of the moment, you don't notice the improvements. But then when you're able to sit down and, you know, you're, you're not in the coaching mode anymore. You're more of in the teaching mode or the learning mode. And uh, you're able to really notice how some of the, like, the improvements you've made from game one to game 12. Yeah. So that, that's very beneficial for me especially. It's, I, and I think one of the hardest parts I know for me when I, when I, when I coached freshmen was – they they'd make improvements right from game one to game 12 but then you still see where they're at at game 12 and it's nowhere near like where you still want them to be but you have yeah. to remember like wait a minute i know where they were at game one and this is miles ahead of where they were even if i'm look at this and i'm like this isn't that good at all but it is like you said it's an improvement and you have to you can't as you just mentioned you can't measure success especially at that level a freshman level by wins and losses you have to really look at kind of like the big picture. And it sounds like that's something that's important to you is, you know, the big picture of what are my players doing? And I think, as you mentioned earlier, right? Like 
am I putting them in a position so that they're ready to play uh, at, at the next level in the future? Exactly. Yeah. That's important because, you know, everyone wants to win. I want to win just mm -hmm. as bad as they do, if not more sometimes I feel like, but uh, as long as they're improving and by the time they get to JV and, you know, they'll, they'll have some great good players with them the next year where they can really adjust and uh, then they'll start winning more. Then they'll forget all about their six and nine <laughs> record, you know? So, yeah. it, and this, um, this summer coaching them, the, it was just fun to see them from our first tournament where we lost a game 54 to 12 to the end of the year, winning our last tournament. That was really like that, that showed them how much potential they have. And, you know, and you can see them, they're processing the game differently. They're noticing different things that they're not noticing from the first day of ninth grade practice to the last tournament in the summer, which is always one of the best feelings to see them make that backdoor cut or um, screen or uh, slip screen or whatever it may be. Yeah. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think one of the cool things too, I remember of coaching like like freshmen is is when you see them like even if it's like a couple years later or like you mentioned like if it's like a tournament later on or you see players later on, you see like how far it is that they got or they have success, right? Like at the varsity level and you're like, all right, like it really was tough when we were, you know, losing or struggling freshman year, but I know this is a distant memory now because like look at where look where I was able to get where I was able to get you. So you have to almost at least I found and I feel like you're kind of the same way. Like you're really competitive, but you almost have to really almost kind of check your ego a little bit or really yeah. kind of pull yourself back and kind of look at big picture and see like where they're going to be in the future. And that's tough because, you know, you want to win and you want to be successful, but almost in a certain way, you almost have to define success of like, where did I, where are these players at a few years from now? And like, did I do my part to like get them there <laughs> is kind of how yeah. I tried to think about it, which, you know, it's still tough because right. You want to win in the moment for sure. Yeah, um, exactly. So talk a little bit, uh, you talked a little about X's and O's and kind of like building that up, uh, you know, setting the foundation and getting them ready for, you know, the more complicated uh, nuances of, of, you know, the, the system that you run. But in terms of like your, your coaching philosophy, what, what is the program philosophy that, that you're in at PEM and, and what do you have to work in with your freshmen to kind of get them integrated into the culture and into kind of the more um, non-basketball related things about, you know, here you're in ninth grade, like this is what you need to do in order to, you know, be successful long-term in this program. What's kind of the culture building aspects that you have to work on with uh, those younger players? Yeah, our varsity coaches um, mission statement is everybody doing their job for the betterment of the team. And basically we're all one from seven through 12, we are all one team. Um, the front on the fr the name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back to us because when you have that bulldog name on the front, you're representing the school. Um, so for me, uh, that means I have to hold all the players accountable, whether that's our top guy or our bottom guy. If they're not playing the game the right way or if they're not acting the right way, they're not going to play. Um, so that means if my top player turns it over um, I'm, and he walks back on defense, I'm not pulling him out for the turnover. I can live with turnovers. Mm -hmm. That happens. But if you're not hustling back and playing the game the right way to try and at least slow them down or at least contest the uh, fast break layup, then that shows me that you're not ready to take that next step and you need to sit with me until I feel you're ready. Um, accountability is huge, especially at the ninth grade level. Because you can break, you can kind of break those bad habits they get from seventh and eighth grade, um, and just being able to hold, like, have the players become um, accountable for themselves. To last yeah. year, the beginning of the year was a little difficult, but nearing the end, I had one player specifically. He was a little bit of a challenge, but he was his heart is huge. And um, he's one of the more competitive players. And nearing the end of the year, he he's came out and he said, I'm sorry about that tur turnover. And I was like, don't be sorry, but like, what did you learn from it? And he told me exactly what he needed to do. And that's when you, you realize like, 
okay, now they're starting to take the steps and they're learning and they're ready to move on to the next level. Yeah. And that's, and, and I can imagine being in that sort of situation of, even if it's just you like asking them that question or kind of probing to figure out if they knew like what they did, they did wrong or what they need to fix. <laughs> I can imagine that that may be like the first time a coach maybe has ever really asked them that, or like you're, you're kind of having that conversation and maybe that player, you know, at an eighth or ninth grade level has never really been asked or really given you know had to give a response to something like that so even them having to like answer a question like that might be like a completely new experience that they got to learn and kind of work through as well yeah it is and you know I they had their first like film session we had a day where uh we came off a bad loss and they were struggling um in that game they the team we played runs a really really disciplined one two two and we struggle against it but I was able to sit them down in a film session and kind of show them, you know, this is what's going to be open. Like if the ball is on the right wing, um, the left side short corner should flash to the block because the ball is moving and they're moving to where the ball is. Um, and they started seeing like if their defender turns their head, that's when they need to cut to the hoop. And a lot of them, um, a couple of them took notes and I was able to read through them. And that was really cool to see their thought process. Uh, one kid drew Humpty Dumpty on a wall. That was very funny. I, I got a lot of humor out of that, but uh, he was a little distracted, I think. But uh, yeah, it was, it's cool to see. It's just a lot of like fun and cool to see them learn the game and be able to tell you what they're seeing and how it kind of aligns with what you're seeing as well. And, and just to kind of take that like one step further from, from my, my previous point, and, and I'll ask you about that in your experience, you might be in a position where when, when you get these players, you might be one of the first coaches that actually is kind of teaching them like how to play or really like think about what's happening on the court. They may have had, you know, at younger levels experiences where they're just kind of told what to do or they're just kind of maybe told plays or told about how to do certain things, but not necessarily the why. So are you in a position maybe where you're one of the first people who's actually like kind of teaching them kind of the nuances and the why of, of the game? Is that, is that part of your responsibility as well? Um, to an extent, our mm -hmm. uh, middle school coaches are very good. Oh, they, that's uh, awesome. That works yeah. too. <laughs> we have, I think we have one of those few coaching staffs that are, seven through 12, really on the same page. And that starts with the varsity coach. He does a great job of, you know, I want it. I want us to be um, all on the same page. Um, and he, he gives us the freedom to try new things, but he also is very um, consistent with, you know, I want us to run five out because players can kind of perform in a way that suits best for them in that offense. So that's really good to have. Um, when they come from fifth and sixth grade where we are, they play man defense and they can't play help side. So they have to stay on their guy. Um, they weren't able to switch off of ball screens or anything and they can't run zone. So seventh and eighth grade, they do a great job of kind of getting them prepared for the two threes that they might see or a one, two, two, um, teaching them press breaks and that. So for me, and they put in the offense as well, um, which is nice, but, Five out is a it's not complicated, but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of moving parts with it where you can you, you're cutting, you're screening away your ball screens. Um, so I'm I'm trying to teach them, you know, when to um, screen or ball screen compared to cutting or when to do a backdoor cut instead of a uh, just that the normal like front cut where they're cutting in front of the defender um i i mean to an extent yes but no at the same time because our jv coaches are, or our uh, junior high coaches are great like and, and that's that's huge if you could yeah. have that where they're they're doing a great job and they're you know really building that up and i feel like there's so much that can be gained and so much where it's like, Oh, I don't have to, you know, explicitly go over this and, you know, I can just get into, you know, whatever other actions we need to run or whatever other things we need to do in practice. So like, I can't even imagine how much time that would save if you have like quality middle school coaches. And I think that, you know, for those 
in kind of that traditional, you know, nine to 12 situation, I think if they have the ability to, you know, talk to some of the middle school coaches or get with them and get on the same page, you'll probably as a freshman coach or just a high school coach in general, probably save so much time if you're able to kind of have those conversations with your middle school coaches and kind of get them on board with what you're doing. Yeah. And our varsity coach, he, uh, he did, we do like monthly um, coaches meetings. And then in the season, we're going to do weekly, mm -hmm. which is, I think very beneficial and very nice um, because then we can all kind of, you know, if, what the seventh grade team struggling with this aspect of man defense or the eighth grade team struggling with uh, how to screen away in motion or five out motion. Uh, he's our varsity coach. He's the best basketball mind I've been around and he, he can fix things very quickly. Like his game, his in-game adjustments um, is some of the best I've seen. Um, and he's just, he's great. Like yeah. he, he's very, um helpful to have and it's great having a varsity coach that not only cares about you know the jv and the varsity but he cares about the ninth grade and he we're up till because i work overnight so i'm texting him till 2 or 3 a.m and we're talking about how can we help the varsity and he's helping me with how i can fix ninth grade and um he really lets all of his coaches really uh put their opinions out there as well which is nice, but ultimately just being on the same page is huge. And like you said, uh, being able to have the team come up and, you know, at least understand what we're going to run and what we're going to do is very huge because then you can kind of hammer home like some of these other moving parts compared to, you know, I don't need to teach them when to uh, passing and cutting and I don't need to teach them ball screens and all that sure. jazz. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm just thinking of the time that that could save, you know, if you can just say something and boom, it gets done and, and you can just focus on other things. Now that that's fantastic. Um, yeah. We touched on this a little bit earlier, but just to ask it more specifically for you, I'm, I'm going to focus on this one more on like in-game situations where um, this balance between, you know, freshman level is about development and the growth of players and, you know, getting them ready for the next step. Cause like we said, you know, nobody really cares about what your freshman record is, but how do you kind of balance as you're coaching in a game that desire of like, hey, like we're in a situation, let's go win this versus putting players in positions where they're going to grow, even if, you know, they're going to struggle and make mistakes. As you're coaching in game, how do you sort of balance that? Because like you said, I know you're somebody who's competitive. So what, what, what's that kind of like for you? Yeah, um, it, it really depends. Um, last year, we, I think we had, except for like two games, I think our losses were by five or less or six or less. So being in situations like that and when you really want to win and we're struggling to get one, my competitiveness sometimes will get the best of me. Now, nearing the end of the year when we when I had to put in some of these guys that were um, not playing as much, they I realized I should have been playing them more mm -hmm. um, because – they know their role better than anyone and they're going to do anything it takes to not just show me, but to um, show others like, Hey, I, I'm, I can play. And yeah. they may not be a great scorer by any means, but they will dive after that loose ball. They'll box out that kid, things that you, that don't come up on the stat sheet um, necessarily, but you, uh, you notice on film. So that's how I'm going to approach this year. Um, if it's a four-point game and there's two minutes left and um, my top guy turns it over and he walks back, he's sitting on the bench. Because uh, <laughs> that, that will show them that um, I, like, I, I want the game to be played the right way and I want them to hold themselves accountable, but I want them to learn and I want them to also hustle back and you know get after that ball. Just because you turn it over doesn't mean you can't get it back. Um, yeah. and that'll, that'll help them for when they get on JV. And if it's an end of the game situation, then they won't do that again. Um, I can take a loss. Uh, I I'm, I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. Um, as long as they're being successful at the varsity level, I feel I played a big part in that. So yeah, I, for end of the game situations, it, it really depends too. you know, if, uh, the one time I called a timeout at the end of the game, a team completely switched up the a defense they 
they ran man against us the two games we played them. And then they, I called a timeout and they put in a two, three. And I was like, uh oh, because I, <laughs> I threw up a man play. Yeah. So they kind of get out there and I'm like trying to direct them and it didn't work. So if it's like one of those situations where we're down two and there's 20 seconds left and um, they don't call a timeout, I don't call a timeout because that's also where they learn the most. Um, being able to control themselves and having that, you know, if you're in those pressure moments, it, it can get very tough. Now, if we're, yeah. if we, if I have a timeout left and uh, the ball is kind of being passed around and it's a little sloppy, then I'll call one to get them, you know, calm down. And I'm going to tell them, you know, you got to be ready for a two, three, you got to be ready for a different defense. Sure. If so, let's just move the ball quickly, um, find the gap and look, get a shot if you're open. Um, if it's man, then I'll draw up a play um, for them if I have to, or I, I'm going to put start putting in set plays that we may not run until the end of the game situation, but at least they'll know it. So I can call it out instead of having to call that timeout. Yeah. And yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of it really interesting, like learning curves with that. And I think one of the interesting things I found as a freshman coach and um, it seems like you've kind of been in that situation. I'll, I'll let you talk about it as well is when you're faced with some, some new things, right? If a team, like you said, like kind of froze a zone at you or, or out of a timeout or um, there, there's a new adjustment that a coach makes. And I remember thinking that as a, as a freshman coach coaching at a younger level that I could just say, you know, a couple things on the court and we'll be able to make like a quick adjustment. But then I realized like, wait a minute, this experience that they're in, this is very new to them. And so I have to almost like over communicate or in, in a sense, maybe I got to wait for a dead ball or call a timeout and have to really explain some of the certain things that are going on. I think that's one of the more interesting challenges is that the way that you sometimes have to communicate to your players has to change a lot, especially if they're in situations that maybe they've never faced before. And you can't just necessarily say one or two words and they're ready to pick it up and figure it out. I know I had that experience and it sounds like in a sense, you may maybe have gone through that as well. Yeah. It, because coaching some of these higher level groups mm -hmm. and also um, the first team, I eighth grade team I coached, um, the varsity coach's son's on that team and they've been running the same offense and the same defense since they were in fourth grade. So they were very disciplined and they, they knew how to adjust compared to the next year. They, they didn't know our offense. So I had to teach them and I had to over coach. Mm -hmm. um, and last year I did a, I did a pretty poor job of letting them kind of um, make their own adjustments to what they're uh, good at. Sure. And I need to be, I need to be better about that. Um, there's times where, like you said, you have to overcoach and that's just how it is. Um, you you kind of have to almost get, get a film session in to show them, you know, this is what's going to be open. This is um, when you cut or whatever it may be. But uh, that's why I like the five out um, offense because they can kind of play the game in a way that they can be successful at. Um, for, like we have this kid this year coming to ninth grade and he's 6'3", 240. And he's a big boy and <laughs> there's not a lot of big boys like that from my area. And uh, I, I really am going to work with him this year on how, how, do you, how can I help you yeah. to play in a style that will benefit you in the game. And, that, and then the player development stuff will happen at practice. You know, like we'll, we'll help him adjust to his footwork and his body. Cause when you grow so quickly, it's hard to um, get, you know, it, coordination. He's pretty coordinated for the most part, but you know, you're, you're going to look awkward at points. It's going to yeah. be tough. And uh, yeah, so I, I really want to work with um, them on, you know, sh showing that I'll, I'll have a, probably a film session one day a week or two days a week where we can sit down and really show them the game and slow it down for them to show them, you know, this is where you cut. This is when you uh, screen away or whatever it may be. And then in a game, I'll let them kind of try and figure it out for themselves. And if I have to, I'll call a timeout and I'll tell them, you know, we're passing and cutting too much. Let's, let's give them a different look. So they're not getting so comfortable and packing down in the lane and taking our dry or our passing lanes away. And I think something that's really interesting that, that just came up with one of the answers you mentioned when it comes to like kind of like teaching the players the game and, and players who are 
um, coming in and, and at 14, 15 years old, physically, they're going to be different people when they are seniors. And some of them, as we know, kind of go through like these growth spurts and, and they get taller. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they go from being, you know, 5'10 to now they're like 6'2 or 6'3 or, or maybe the position that they're going to have to play in completely changes. And I think that one of the things that seems like it's really important to you, and I, I know I tried my best to do, was if we teach our players the game the right way at the freshman level, we kind of get them ready for whatever situation they may find themselves in later down the road, especially as their body changes and things change around them, that you can't necessarily like pigeonhole like your freshman uh, you know, as, as a point guard, if all of a sudden they grow like six inches and it's like, well, uh, somebody else is a point guard and you got to, you know, play something else. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm going to really work on ball handling with everyone. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. work on post moves with everyone. Cause when I was a freshman, I was like four foot 11 <laughs> and JV, I was like five foot two, five foot three. And then all of a sudden my senior year, I'm six one. So <laughs> I, I didn't know a post move, but I was, one of the taller ones now and I'm sitting here having to learn how to guard taller guys and yeah. how to play like be able to get up and get those rebounds and also be able to you know get into the post and if I have a smaller defender on me you know I had a I didn't even really know how to do a drop step because I was so used to having to get to the hoop um, off the dribble or be a spot up shooter type of player so being having you know one through ten or however many guys is on the roster, all of them being able to handle the ball and being able to work in the post will be is going to be very important, um, especially with how the games changed since I was a uh, in high school and that wasn't too long ago. I'm only 23, so but it's just crazy how when I was a senior, uh, we played against some zones, but not a lot. Now I'm starting to see a lot of one two twos, mm -hmm. and the way the th three ball has really changed the way um, you coach um, is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting how much the game changes when, when, even when you get out of it. And it's like, wait a minute, I barely even recognize this game. I'm like, are we still playing the same game here? Like, what is this defense or what are some of the things that are changing on offense? And just for me, even uh, like the spacing and the way, you know, the game is just even opened up. You know, I graduated high school in 2009, but e even, you know, from then to now like how much more open the game is and like you said like everybody kind of in a way has to be a ball handler everyone has to kind of know their position if you're running a five out or you're running like positionless basketball like a lot, there's a lot of differences and there's a lot of things that that you got to be kind of ready for and and be able to adjust for and I think that as we talked about if you step into that like freshman role you have to really know like what they're what the players need and what they need in order to be successful uh, at, at the varsity level and you can't really go into it with uh, thinking about how the game was when you were uh, when you were playing it because it's a lot different now yeah exactly yeah and um, speaking of which I, I was curious to, to circle back to that because this also popped in my head talking about you know the layering from uh, players their freshman year all the way up to their varsity year I want to talk about like you as, as a coach and how you kind of fit within the overall picture of, of your coaching staff are how involved are you with the the, the coaching and uh, the program as a whole? I know that you mentioned how you kind of practice separately from JV and varsity, but what, what is your kind of your role within like the overall program, not just as a freshman coach, but, but beyond that? Uh, how much uh, input, how much do you guys work together? How much collaboration uh, would you say takes place at, at all levels? Yeah, um, well, last year was my first year being mm -hmm. a part of the varsity staff. Um, and I kind of took the quiet route. I really wanted to absorb as much as I could and learn as much as I could because the game is played so much differently um, from ninth grade to varsity. Absolutely. The speed and all that. Um, so I kind of sat back and nearing the end of the year, I started getting more comfortable, um, you know, trying to help out and the varsity coach, he is like my second dad. He took me under his wing and he's been a great mentor. And uh, this summer, him and I really got close. Um, his son's on my AAU team. So we're riding together to tournaments and we're talking about the varsity team and all the programs and how we're going to, uh, you know, how are we going to build a program um, 
and sustain success to what we've had, what we had last year. And um, this year, I was he gave me the role to coach the varsity team because in Minnesota, um, there's like this period where varsity coaches can't have contact with players. Yeah. Or and uh, so he let me coach the varsity, and I learned a lot just from that. And um, AAU, he's he's helping me out, and he's pulling me aside after tournaments and talking to me. And uh, this year now, I it's nice because usually our ninth grade practice at the same time as our varsity, but uh, our ninth grade will be going early, so my practice schedule will be three to five with my team and then I'll head over to wherever they're practicing and from five to seven I'll be at the varsity practice and uh from our JV and our assistant varsity coach and I we're a lot he's allowing us to you know really if if we see something or if we think this isn't working he's you know he wants us to speak up and he really wants us to uh you know talk to him and communicate how we're feeling because he he's uh is a coach that looks in the mirror a lot he knows when things aren't going well and if he had a moment where he didn't do uh you know made a great coaching moment he he knows it and he addresses it which is really cool to see because sometimes um just from what I've seen you there's some coaches out there that don't think they're wrong often <laughs> and uh he's one of those coaches that he cares about his players he loves his players and he loves his staff and he's going to, um, he wants to help us and he also wants to learn from us as well. So this year I'll have a bigger role and, um, you know, I'll be able to, I'll, I'll be more comfortable to, if I'm seeing something not work or if uh, our offense is stalling, I'll be willing to speak up and tell him how I feel and he'll, he'll listen and he'll really, uh, he'll uh, tell me if it's wrong or he'll tell me if it's right. And, that's really nice to have uh, um, just from a quote unquote boss, but also a mentor. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that that's like so important because, you know, you talk about your, uh, you know, freshmen as, you know, they're growing and then they're getting up there to the, you know, the JV and the varsity level, but you yourself, you mentioned, you know, you're it, it, it kind of just starting in this profession and it's like, in a way it's like, you're kind of growing too, right. And you're kind of trying to build yourself up and, get from you know where you're at right now and, and presumably potentially up to like an, another level and so in a way it's like you're getting coached up as well it's kind of also the way I thought of it I remember when I was you know coaching freshmen it's like I have my freshman I'm trying to build up but then at the same time I myself as a coach I'm also trying to be built up and coached up so I could you know continue to grow and continue to be the best I can be yeah yeah and um Having his son uh, with me when he was in eighth grade, he sat with me at tournaments because I asked him, I was like, I could use as much, you know, advice as I can get. I'm, this is my first year. I'm 19 years old and I have a lot to learn. And every, every tournament, it seemed like he was teaching me something and he didn't even realize it. Um, his, like my, the way I coach the offense now is just from sitting next to him and seeing what he's seeing and him calling it out it's it's like it's it's it was nice last year being able to sit with the varsity and kind of just absorb um because that's where I learned a lot was being able to you know sit on the bench and hear how he's communicating with the players and the coaches and hear how he's calling plays out and why he's calling it out and what he's seeing and I mean he is one of the best coaches I I think in uh, our section if not the state um, he, he probably, he's humble, so he won't, wouldn't agree, but <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah, having him as my mentor has been one of the best things to happen to me as a coach, because he's taken me under his wing and we've built a great relationship. And, uh, I'm really lucky to be in the, uh, position I am and having the opportunities he's allowed me to have. It's, it's amazing how much growth you can make. And, and, and like you said, it's amazing how much you learn from coaches or others who aren't even like deliberately trying to teach you. They're just talking and they're just saying things. And all of a sudden you're like learning all this stuff into them. They don't even realize like how much they're teaching you. They're just talking and talking coaching. And you're just, I remember just absorbing everything, right? And yeah. Just taking exactly. it all in. No, that's great. Well, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but again, I wanted to address this specifically. Being a freshman coach um, requires a, a lot of patience and requires uh, a certain type of attitude in, in order to 
be able to handle a lot of the uh, mistakes and a lot of the things that, that come with uh, not just basketball, but also with uh, maybe the maturity levels in some cases of uh, freshmen, 14, 15 year olds. So how, how have you learned and grown, especially with the COVID situation you had last year to, to keep your patience and, and, and to stay focused on, on the end result? What, what do you kind of do to kind of self-regulate and keep yourself on track? Yeah, um, I really noticed, especially that last week when we were down so many of our guys, uh, when, you, when, I'm, when I'm in a calmer and, like, level-headed state where I'm not barking at the refs and I'm not barking at them. And last year was difficult because, and I'm sure you noticed, like, when you have a mask on, it's, it's hard for them to hear you. Yeah. So it sounds like you're screaming at them, but you're trying to actually coach them, but they're saying they can't hear you. So now you're like screaming <laughs> basically. And it sounded a lot worse than I think I intended to, but at the same <laughs> time, you know, I, I, I need to, when I'm level headed and I'm calm, they bring that same type of um, energy. And when, yeah. when they're freshmen, especially uh, they're kind of, they're taking on kind of the role of their coach. They're going to, if you have a lot of energy, they're going to have a lot of energy. If you're upset, you're going to hear the guys on the bench next to you being upset too. And uh, being positive is very important, especially when uh, you're coaching at ninth grade, I think, because they, you know, they're, they're learning just as much as you are, if not more. And they, you're the coach and they're going to kind of embody the personality that you have um, as players and, have to really uh I have to especially be better about you know in those end of game situations you know not you know when your heart's racing and it's that four point game and you may beat a team you haven't beaten you and you really want to um sometimes those end of game situations get emotional um but last year that last week it, and we were playing a couple teams that we had beaten but you know when you're down some of your top guys you you don't know what to expect, but uh, being level-headed and they brought that type of energy out there. They were really calm and collected. And when the game was getting closer, um, somebody stepped up and made a shot because they were just calm and collected. And it was really fun to see. And that's how I really learned, you know, my coaching style. It, it's not going to change from the energy standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to, if there's a, big an and one or a big basket I'm going to jump up and I'm going to I'm going to celebrate because that's the type of coach I am I just I'm very uh passionate about it and I just like having that type of energy yeah but uh being able to keep myself relaxed and calm um at end of games or if you know we're not getting calls that we think we should um just you know being able to go up to a ref and talk to him compared to having to pull off my mask and say, Hey ref, like, and scream at them when you actually just want to talk to them. Um, being able to just be calm in um, those situations is very important. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's, there's a growing process with that as well. And, and, you know, like you have to, I think that that's one of the really interesting things too, uh, to just sort of think about is, you know, coaching at the freshman level, like your players, maybe more than anyone, your youngest players kind of need a coach who's like really composed and really gonna, you know, be uh, kind of a steady force because they might have a lot of jitters. They might be really nervous because, you know, they're freshmen maybe playing at high school for the first time that <laughs> they might need that coach there who's like got everything under control, who's calm, who's going to kind of settle things down. And uh, it, it might be a little reassuring for them to know that they have that kind of adult there who's, you know, in a sense, like got it taken care of and they can just focus on playing rather than, you know, worried about the way their coach is acting or the way, you know, their coach is handling things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely tricky. I'll, I'll say I'll say that for sure. It's definitely not uh, something that I don't know if uh, comes natural. But but there's uh, there's a big learning curve of that. But I think once you once you learn that and you sort of keep yourself calm and you really focus on the teaching aspect, which is what I think you focus on, then it's like all right, focus on the teaching. We'll focus on the learning, and then then we'll get better. And at the end of the day, right as you said, nobody really knows what the freshman record is, so it's not as big of a deal as it may seem in the moment. Yeah. You want to win, but then, you know, at the end of the day, well, it is the freshman level and probably nobody's talking about our game at the end of the year. I know nobody was talking about ours at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All righty coach to, uh, 
wrap up, there uh, is a couple of questions that I like to ask every guest. And so uh, I'll go ahead and start here with this first one. Uh, thinking back on your coaching career, whether it's coaching freshmen or your work with AAU or whatever the situation may be, what is a moment from your coaching career that you think others listening would be able to learn from? Um, I would say probably, you know, getting the right people um, in your life as a coach. So I've, like I said, I was very fortunate to have the varsity coach that I have who mentors me and helps me. But I also have a, another mentor, his name's Tim, and he really is so beneficial for me when I have a question. He's, he's a great basketball mind as well. And mm -hmm. he was a part of a, one of our state teams that won state back in, um, or uh, made, we had a, a, year, a period there where we were going to state um, almost every year. And he was a part of that coaching staff. So having um, him there to, you know, if, if a, there's a game where we're struggling just bad and I don't have the answers, I'll call him. And he watches all the games and he tells me, he's like, you know, you got to have this happen or you got to do this. And he, um, both him and the varsity coach, they both hold me accountable, but in a constructive way where, they're not going to um, tear me down if I didn't call a timeout um, at the end of the game, or they're not going to um, beat me up for um, getting after a ref over a bad call. They're going to just say, you know, in this situation, this is what you have to do to be successful. Um, or you got to, you know, control yourself a little better, but I understand what you are doing and um, having them uh, kind of guide me through this coaching experience especially for the younger ages, um, they're really uh, just having those types of guys in your life um, makes life easier. And it also makes just it, the coaching experience way more enjoyable. Yeah. Cause they're, they'll even, they'll tell you when you're struggling, but then they'll celebrate with you when your team's doing well. And uh, they notice when the team's like from the beginning of the year to the end of the year and having that reassurance that, you know, you're, you're doing a good job um, and your, your, your team's improved from like drastically from the beginning of the year is keeps the long season, like keeps you really level-headed and make, keeps you excited. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know that sometimes, you know, you, it, it, coaching, it, it's really interesting. Like it, coaching can potentially be like a very like isolating position or it could be very easy to get like kind of lost in your own head and like you all of a sudden you start spiraling a little bit because you're kind of thinking about all these things maybe necessarily that you're like you're doing wrong or all, all the things you want to get better in and all the all these other things and, and sometimes it's nice to just have somebody there along who's just going to sort of keep you on track, let you know that like things are going well and, and kind of get you back into reality. Cause I know for me, I've been in situations where I just get lost in my own head and somebody has to kind of pull me up and be like, Hey, like this, this is actually what's going on. Like things are actually a lot better than you might think they are in your head. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's just nice. Like looking your, being able to have someone tell you, you know, you messed up here and that sure. keeps you humble Absolutely. because if you have a successful team, and you're winning a lot, sometimes it's easy to think you're, you know, you're good at this job. But in all honesty, you know, there are great, great coaches out there, um, but we're never going to be the best because um, there's always something different you can learn from every game. And having those types of coaches that I have around me, you know, being, being able to teach me, like, yeah, we might have won a game by 20 points, but, you know, this this happened right here where it kind of doesn't reflect well on the program or it doesn't reflect well on me. Um, that is the type of people you need to be successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. I couldn't put that in any better words. No, that, that's very well put. Awesome. To wrap up, Coach, I uh, give uh, every guest what I call a 60-second soapbox, but I never start the timer. Uh, this is your <laughs> platform to get out a final thought, a final message, just a, a closing um, idea that you want to leave uh, the listeners to think about. So I'm going to go ahead and open up the floor to you, and I'm going to let you uh, take it away from here. Yeah. Um, so my uh, life journey has been a little different than some people. But uh, when I was in middle school, I was uh, sexually assaulted a few times and didn't really uh, 
um, hit me until I got to the, like the high school ages where it started to like come back. And I was, you know, constant nightmares and it kind of affected who I was as a person where I wasn't a trusting person. And I wasn't, uh, I was just not a great person for a few years there. And, uh, when I started coaching, um, the class of 2023 specifically, um, it's kind of where things started to get better. Now it took a while and I had a, some mental health issues and ended up getting a therapist. And my therapist said, when you're um, happiest, sit back and really like ask yourself why. And I realized when I was coaching this, this group um, a couple years ago, I think it was, I was uh, two years ago in the summer when I, uh, was coaching that class of 2023 in a tournament, um, just seeing them laughing and uh, uh, just being around them, it really put a lot of things into perspective for me. Um, and specifically, I have, um, you know, a few of them have quit now um, to, you know, pursue football or whatever it may be. But that class, all of them in that eighth grade class that I had uh, really, really, are special to me, but I've had five really ride out um, the last few years with me. Um, the coach's son, Brady, he's like my little brother. Uh, he holds me accountable a lot. And he's also one of those kids where you can learn a lot from him and from uh, just being around a player like that who's so hardworking. He got me in better shape. Um, he got me just, he's just one of those kids that when you're around him, it's hard not to laugh and be happy. And then Another one, Nick Wozniak, he's just a hard worker and his family. I've coached his older brother and his younger sister and him, which is cool to say. And his, his parents have helped me through a lot and are one of those, it's just one of those families that is really nice to have. And uh, Aaron Stevens, Caden Peters, and Kyler Land, those three, they've been with me now for the last five years or four years. And every single year, it just, I just remember how lucky I am to have them and how much I was able to learn from them. And basically they saved my life from whatever path I was going to go on. I don't know what it was, but they were able to being around them made me realize um, what I wanted to do with my life. And that was be a coach for one and how that much, how that brought out a passion in me. I never thought I would have. And along with that, I was able to get a job where, I'm working at a rehab facility and uh, it's, it's a special job that I don't think a lot of people um, have the patience for. And they turned my life around where I wasn't just a cop. I'm not just like that college kid that people used to see. Now I'm this adult who really wants to make a difference, no matter what that may be. And one part of being a successful ninth grade coach, and I think I've succeeded at that is how are the players around me outside of basketball? Are they intimidated to come up to me? Are they comfortable to come up to me and laugh with me and come to me with, for advice, whenever, whatever that may be, um, if that's a girlfriend, if that's a, um, whatever it is, and they do that. And that made me realize, like, I am one of the luckiest guys in the world um, to have that group who was able to – flip my life around and uh save me from whatever it was and then this summer being around that senior class and the junior class together was like the moment where I was just like I am finally happy like this is what happiness is where I'm waking up every day and I know I'm doing the right thing I'm improving who I, I'm trying to improve from how I was the day before there's going to be slip-ups. There's going to be moments where you act out of character. But at the end of the day, you wake up in the morning and you smile. That's how you know you're happy. And if it wasn't for that group in the senior class this year, I don't know where I would be. And I'm just very grateful um, to have them. And J Coach Herber, he's changed my life for the better. And I'm just very I, – I can't put into words how, like, incredibly grateful I am to have those kids in my life.
Well, I, I appreciate you uh, sharing that. I know that that's, uh, that's sometimes a, a tough thing to, to bring about and talk about, but to, to hear about, you know, where, where the, those experiences and, and how things have, have worked out for you now and the journey that you're still on. Uh, I think, I think that's a really awesome story and it's, and it's really great to see how, uh, things like, like basketball and coaching can, can not just make such an effect on uh, people who play, but also, you know, coaches themselves and, and, and their growth and their journey as people. So uh, I really appreciate uh, that, that, that you shared that. Um, that, that was awesome. And um, I want to thank you for spending some time, uh, Coach, talking about uh, your, your program, kind of sharing your journey, sharing your story, and, and, and talking about uh, the uh, very interesting and, and also very rewarding world of, of coaching ninth grade basketball. So uh, thank you again for that. Hopefully, uh, the bulk of this COVID stuff is behind us and, and you can have a uh, full season that you can just fully focus on and, and, and focus on your kids and, and, and getting them better one day at a time. So uh, Coach Veen here, so I want to thank you so much uh, for joining us today. It was a pleasure having this conversation. Good luck going forward, Coach. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for all you do with this podcast. It's great to listen to. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, guys, for listening. This was another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast and we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, or reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you next time.